Hello and welcome to another episode of Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson and in today's podcast I'm going to be talking about the Boston Celtics and their struggles so far right now and if they can kind of start to turn things around uh, anytime soon. I'm going to talk about some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference such as the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks, some surprise teams in the Eastern Conference kind of revisit the standings and uh, talk about what I'm liking in the Eastern Conference right now. Going to switch over to the West. I'm going to be talking about some of the big names in the Western Conference uh, and if I can see them staying on top. And I want to talk about a little bit about the uh, OKC Thunder, where Bradley Beal fits the best, and other stuff like that. So let's get right into it. So starting with the Boston Celtics, uh, you know, they lose to the New York Knicks. Not obviously not a very good team. You know, they were down most of the game, down big most of the game. Uh, just a tough loss that, you know, and now they're 9-9, nine and nine, which, you know, it doesn't seem like a big thing. Obviously, they have to reintegrate Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving's coming back. And you've got to deal with all of these guys, you know, all of these guys who were playing big minutes while Kyrie Irving and while Gordon Hayward were gone. But here's why I think it is a bit of a big deal. It's because now dropping a nine and nine, you know the Toronto Raptors are fifteen and four, and the Milwaukee Bucks are thirteen and four. So now you're you know putting yourselves in a big hole against these teams, who are just playing outstanding basketball. You know the Toronto Raptors, they were my pick to go to the finals this year. I'm sticking by it. You know Milwaukee Bucks, they bring in Mike Budenholzer, they bring in a better bench. You know Giannis is just unleashed. He's been an absolute beast. And now all of a sudden, if you're the Boston Celtics, you're in a bit of trouble because you don't want to have to get the third or fourth seed. Uh, You know, if you get the third or fourth seed and you trail the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors, now you're having to go on the road in a playoff series against them. And like I've said in earlier podcasts, I think the, uh, the, the East will run through whoever has the one seed, which I think will be Toronto. And that's why I picked them, you know, to, uh, to make the finals. But you know, and now Philadelphia gets Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. You know, they could easily be a third seed. You know, Atlanta, or sorry, Indiana's been playing very good basketball. You know, they're 11-7. and seven. Victor Oladipo's an absolute stud. They're very deep. They're well coached. And so, you know, if you're the Celtics, you could see yourself fall to, you know, maybe even the fifth seed, and then you're playing three straight series on the road. That's not something you'll want to have to do. Obviously, you have Kyrie there, and it's a little different than last year. But the Celtics were awful in the playoffs last year. They were just terrible. Uh, So, you know, you have Kyrie now, but you don't want to have to fall further into the standings against some of these teams, uh, or it's going to be be a a little bit too big of a hole to crawl back in, I think, for the Celtics team. And, you know... The struggles, I you know, they are on Brad Stevens. He's the head coach. He's the guy who has to figure out all these minutes. Uh, you know, I lot, of, I know a lot of people want to say it's on Kyrie Irving. You know, he he leaves LeBron for his own team. He gets hurt last year. They make it to the conference finals. He comes back healthy this year. They're only nine and nine. But you know, Kyrie's he's averaging twenty two points a game. He's averaging six assists, five rebounds. You know, he's putting up really good numbers still. And he's playing really well. He's won them some games. You know, he won them that game against Phoenix. He was the best player on the floor and won them that game against Toronto. He's been absolutely balling. And he's accounted for probably three of these Three of these uh, nine wins have just been Kyrie Irving alone. They haven't looked good when he's not been on the floor. 
So, you know, obviously, you know, he's kind of the leader of this team and he's the one that's that's uh, being looked at and being judged right now. But I don't think it's on Kyrie Irving. Uh, he's playing good basketball. And, you know, the other, other players on this team have to step it up. You know, Al Horford, he was playing at, you know, superstar level last year in the playoffs. He was an absolute beast. He was manhandling Joel Embiid. He was guarding Ben Simmons. You know, he was hitting three-pointers. He was spacing the floor. Uh, He's been less than impressive so far this year, you know. And while the numbers, you know, his numbers never jump out at you, you know, at 12 points a game, six rebounds per game, uh, you know, four assists per game. But, you know, they, they they have dropped a little bit from last year. Defensively, he hasn't been as great. You know, he is struggling a bit. Hopefully he can kind of figure it out because this Boston Celtics team really needs him. You know, I know everyone wants to talk about Tatum and stuff, but Horford is the glue guy. You know, he's the Draymond Green of this team. He's a guy that can do everything. He can guard, you know, and the Celtics offense is struggling. You know, it's the same thing as last year. Their offense wasn't great, but defensively they haven't been able to stop anyone. They're giving up 60 points to Kemba Walker. Uh, sorry, not 60 points to Kemba Walker. They're giving up 44 points to Kemba Walker. You know, they've given up, given up big games to Devin Booker. You know, Trey Burke last night had a big game against them. They're they're having guys that are... And Donovan Mitchell, another guy who put up a big game against them. They're having trouble with the, with this aspect of, you know, stopping guys from, from giving them big numbers. Their defense hasn't been great. And that's on Stevens as well. He's really got to figure this out. But, you know, he was the coach of the year last year. I know Dwayne Casey won it, but he he was what everyone thought should be the coach of the year. And, you know, everyone kind of just thought that they would come into the season, you know, they would win 65 games, they'd be in the finals, they'd be able to take down the, like, not take down the Warriors, but they'd have a good shot at taking down the Warriors. And so far, this just hasn't happened, you know. 9-9, nine and nine, uh, less than impressive. Obviously, it's only 18 games into the season, and they are going to get better. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, if they lose out on a top three seed, that's going to be a problem. And that has to be the worry right now for them. So, you know, hopefully they can figure it out. Obviously, Jason Tatum, he's he's averaging 16 points a game. He's their second leading scorer. But he's not getting to the hoop as much as he was last year. You know, he worked out with Kobe, obviously, in the offseason. He's shooting way too many jumpers, which he can hit. But he's got to be more aggressive. You know, we saw this Jason Tatum dunk all over LeBron last year in Game 7. We need to see that that Jason Tatum, he's got to be he's got to step it up. You know, the the numbers aren't bad obviously. 16 points a game. That's nothing, you know, that's not bad, nothing to laugh at, but they're not as good as I thought he would be. You know, I thought he'd be an 18 to 20 point per game scorer and I thought he'd be attacking a lot more, you know, getting to the line. And that's another problem is the Celtics don't have a lot of guys that get to the line, which is causing them problems as well. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown He's kind of the guy that everyone thought would take a step back this year, but I, I'm really high on Jason Brown, on Jalen Brown coming into the season, and uh, I thought he would be one of the guys that would be very good for them, and I think I thought he'd be one of the guys that would play with the chip on his shoulder, and you know he's he hasn't been very good so far this year. Uh, you know, obviously Gordon Hayward, uh, he 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 comes off the bench now, reintegrating him is tough. But, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see if he can regain what he was like, you know, his all-star season this year because he's coming off that big injury. He just does not look comfortable at all. I know it's only 18 games in, but, you know, he's really struggling. Stevens moved him to the bench. 
for Aaron Baines. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, this Celtics team has a lot of problems right now. You know, Terry Rozier, uh, he has not been playing very well. He was terrible against the Knicks. And, you know, he's a guy, too, that's... He was a starting point guard on a team that made it to the conference finals, you know, and almost made it to the NBA finals. And he he's saying, you know, I, I want to be out there for big minutes, which is tough now because, you know, Kyrie Irving is still your best player, and it's tough to play both of them together. So this team has a lot to figure out. They have too much talent not to figure it out. And, you know, still wouldn't be surprised. You know, I did pick Toronto to, to make it to the finals, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Boston. I still think they just have so much talent. But obviously right now, it's on Brad Stevens. He's got to right the ship. Jason Tatum's got to be in attack mode. Jalen Brown's got to play better. And uh, Al Horford's a big one as well as they try to reintegrate uh, Gordon Hayward. But, you know, this team is struggling. They're not getting a lot of points off their bench. You know, everyone said that this would be the best bench coming in by far. And, you know, Marcus Morris is having a great season. But other than that, they're not really getting a lot. Obviously, Marcus Smart does what he does. Uh, But other than that, you know, they're not getting a lot. And they got a lot of uh, questions and a lot of answers they got to find right now before, you know, they do get too far behind in the standings from a Toronto or a Milwaukee or even a Philadelphia 76ers because I think that will be very problematic for uh, the Boston Celtics if they have to go on the road for a couple of playoff series. Uh, I just don't see them being it with, with as talented as they are. I don't see them being able to win some of those games on the road. So let's... Uh, switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about some of the other teams in the East. Uh, you know, Kemba Walker, or some other guys in the East, uh, Kemba Walker being one, you know, he's been an absolute stud, uh, puts up 60 on the Philadelphia 76ers, How and you know, he's playing sensational basketball right now. Uh, you know, the Hornets are nine and eight right now, which isn't impressive. They got to get Kemba some help because if this guy has some help, this team could be a really, a big problem for a lot of teams. I have Kemba Walker as a top five MVP candidate right now, just because of what he's doing. 29 points a game. He's still averaging six assists, you know, four rebounds. One steal. These are really, really good numbers. And just the way he's electrifying the crowd, the way he's electrifying this team, they do got to get him some help. You know, I do like Charlotte. I think they'll be a playoff team. They have some really nice role players, guys like Nicholas Batum, guys like Marvin Williams, you know, Cody Zeller. He's a good role player. Jeremy Lamb. And they have a pretty good bench, but not really another guy that you can give the ball to and say, take me there, other than Kemba Walker. It would be interesting to see if they try to make a trade for Bradley Beal. Uh, Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker in the backcourt, would uh, that would be a problem for a lot of teams. Obviously, it'd be tough to, to trade with Washington for Bradley Beal. They don't have a lot of assets, unless they want to give up a, a Malik Monk or someone like that, maybe a Jeremy Lamb. But, you know, if they could find a way to get Bradley Beal onto the Charlotte Hornets. This might be the best backcourt in basketball. Uh, Obviously, Steph and Clay are doing what they do. But from a scoring perspective, this might be the best backcourt in basketball. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do with Kemba. Because, you know, unless they want to trade Kemba, 
And I think they are committed to keeping Kemba. They'll be a playoff team this year, but are they really going to be competitive? Kemba's keeping them afloat right now because he's playing sensational. But the, the, the fact of the matter is they're still only 9-8. and eight. You know, they're still... They're in the sixth seed right now. But the the fact is, they're just... They're not... They don't, they don't have enough talent around Kemba. They, they have some nice role players, but not enough talent around Kemba, which is unfortunate because Kemba's playing sensational basketball. But they do need to get this guy some help, and hopefully help will come soon, whether it be a Bradley Beal. Uh, you know, I think that would kind of be the ultimate trade, the ultimate guy for them. I think that backcourt would be something, something to behold, but, you know, we'll have to see what goes on with that. So hopefully they can find Kemba some... Some help in Charlotte because he is absolutely balling right now. And then I want to talk about the seven, the Philadelphia 76ers. They they get Jimmy Butler, the piece they need. You know the process is finally complete. Is finally complete. They've been playing a lot better basketball. <coughs> and Jimmy is a guy that really helps the squad. Because he's a guy that can score, and he's a guy that wants the ball in his hands. Simmons obviously doesn't want the ball in his hands as much. He wants to distribute, whereas Jimmy Butler, he's a guy that wants the ball in his hands. He can shoot the three ball. You know, he can really defend. This team defensively can be really good. Uh, I said when he when he got traded, depth is still an issue, and it still is an issue. I think that you're not going to see the end of this Philadelphia trade. They're going to... They're going to try to find some guys, whether it be a Kyle Korver, maybe even a J.R. Smith, someone that can come in and shoot the ball because they desperately need some shooters to surround Ben Simmons because that's when Ben Simmons is at his best. And we saw it last year in the playoffs with uh, Bellinelli and Ilyasova. So it'd be nice to see Ben Simmons being able to get some minutes with some guys that can shoot the ball uh, because that's when Ben Simmons really succeeds. And then, you know, you can throw it inside to your Joel Embiid's. Jimmy Butler can do what he do what he does. So I really like the trade for for Philly. I think it's a big step for them. I still I still put them outside of Milwaukee and Toronto. I still think are ahead of them, uh, just because you know the depth of the depth of Philly is an issue. And I think I don't think you're gonna you're gonna see the end of it though. I th- I think you will see someone like a Kyle Korver getting traded to Philadelphia. Maybe they go after a Contavious Caldwell Pope. But obviously, you know, the Markel Fultz thing isn't working. You know, he's saying he's unhappy. He, uh, his shoulder, he's having shoulder injuries. He, he just has no confidence shooting the ball. They need to, they need to figure out what they're going to do with Mel- Markel Fultz. Because right now, he can't really be on the floor. TJ McConnell has to be that guy off the bench for them. And he was, he was sensational in the playoffs for them last year. And then obviously, you know, you have to play Markel Fultz this year. He's the number one draft pick. It makes sense. But TJ McConnell was playing some sensational basketball. They have to go back to TJ McConnell. But still a lot of questions to be answered in Philadelphia. Uh, it, obviously, it's a great trade for them, but it's not completely over. And uh, they're, they're still a little bit outside of a Toronto or a Milwaukee. Hopefully, they can make some trades and get right back in the mix with those teams. Let's switch gears and move over to the Western Conference. Some of the teams I want to talk about, three of the teams right now who actually lead the uh, lead the Western Conference in the standings right now with the Memphis Grizzlies at 12 and 5, Portland Trailblazers at 12 and 6, and the Clippers at 11 and 6. Uh, these are three teams that 
no one picked being playoff teams. I think I had the the Blazers at 10, the Grizzlies at 11, and the Clippers at 12 or something like that when I did my preseason rankings. And I don't think a lot of people picked any of these teams to be in the playoffs this year. And now they're the three league leaders. Although the Blazers just lost by 43 to the Bucks, they've been on a they've been on a losing streak in the past couple of games. I think they won in three or something like that. So they look like they're coming back down to earth. But, you know, I didn't think this was going to be a playoff team. They got swept last year. They don't make any really really adjustments to the team this year. Except they do bring in Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry, who I think are better than a lot of people thought, and who are playing really good basketball right now, who are coming off their bench. And this bench has been really good for Portland. You know, with Zach Collins, I've talked at length about what Zach Collins does. But this bench has been really good, and you can rely on Dame and CJ. It will be interesting to see if if uh, the Blazers do try to make a trade and try to bring someone in for to uh, or sign someone to help out Dame and CJ, because I do think they still need a little help. You know, they did start the season off hot. They're 12-6. and six. They got the Warriors on Friday. They lose that game. They go down to 12-7. and seven. Uh, So I think some teams are going to start to catch them. I think they will fall back down a little bit to earth. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the Blazers do if they do try to make a move for a big guy to uh, come in and try to help this team out. And then the Memphis Grizzlies. I think of all these teams, this is a team that actually could make the playoffs if Gasol, if Gasol and Conley stay healthy. And this team is playing some really good basketball. Uh, you know, Conley's averaging 20 points a game and 6 assists. Marcus Gasol is averaging 17 and almost 10 rebounds. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been a really good for this team. You know, 12, 12 points, 4 rebounds a game. He's averaging almost 2 blocks a game. He's in my top five, top four probably for uh, Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, you know, he's been really good and not talked about a lot compared to some of these other guys who uh, everyone just kind of thinks are better. But, you know, Jared Jackson's making an input for the team that's right, currently leading the... Uh, <coughs> sorry. Uh, leading the Western Conference right now. He's been really good. He's a versatile big. He can defend on the perimeter. He can block shots. You know, he can shoot the three ball. He's a really nice big. And I think this this guy's only going to continue to get better. And that's it's going to be really good for Memphis moving forward. You know, a guy like Garrett Temple, he's been playing really well. Shelvin Mack's been playing well. Jermichael Green. You know, they got, they got some guys. There are a lot of role players. And I do think they will come back down to earth just a little bit. But they've been fun to watch. And... You know, they're winning games with their defense. Their offense isn't scoring a lot of points. They're winning games with their defense. They have that grit and grind attitude. Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley have both been there. And they've been guys that have been in the play- in many playoff series. You know, they've been to a conference finals. This team is no joke. Uh, the problem is, is Conley and Gasol do struggle to stay healthy. So it will be interesting to see if they can stay healthy. Hopefully they can. Because if one of those guys goes down... Uh, they are in a lot of trouble. And I think they, they're, they're a team that's going to come back down to earth a little bit. But if they can continue to play like this, this, this definitely could be a playoff team moving forward, which would be uh, very interesting to see this year if, if they, they are able to accomplish that. That would be quite an incredible accomplishment for them. And then for the Clippers, 
This team is just good. They had, they're very deep. They have the best bench in the NBA. Two top five, six man of the year candidates and and Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams. They're playing sensational basketball. I really like this team. I think I think I had I picked them to be in the eight seed this year. I think they'll make the playoffs over the Utah Jazz. Um, this team is just plays hard. Doc Rivers is a sensational coach. This team competes night in and night out. So I do expect some of these teams to fall off, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if all three of these teams actually were playoff teams. I know right now, you know, the Lakers and the Rockets are in the 7th and 8th seed. I think those are the, the them with the Warriors, when the Warriors are healthy, are the three best teams in the conference. And then the Thunder are looking on the outside. You know, they're 11 and 6. They're in the 4th spot. The Nuggets are there. And then looking down, you know, the Pelicans are in the ninth spot. And the Spurs are in the 11th spot. And the Jazz are in the 13th spot. Those were three teams that people thought would be in the playoffs. I think unless the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis, I think they will be a playoff team. I just I don't see that team with Anthony Davis. You know, they do have some nice pieces around him. Drew Holiday, bring in Julius Randle. I don't see how they're not a playoff team this year. The Spurs are a bit iffy because they have been struggling a lot. LaMarcus Aldridge hasn't been that great this year. DeMar DeRozan started off really hot, but he's starting to cool down. This team does not have a great defense. Uh, they do struggle to score a little bit outside of LaMarcus and DeRozan. You know, Rudy Gay's kind of their third best player. They don't really have much rim protection. This this team has been struggling a lot. I didn't think, you know, I thought maybe they'd be a 7th or 8th seed. Now, a lot of people were really high on the Spurs, saying they could be as high as a, you know, a 3 seed. I don't agree with that, though. And I would not be surprised to see the Spurs miss the playoffs this year. And same with the Utah Jazz, you know, they're at 8 and 10 right now. Everyone thought, you know, this could probably this could be the second best team in the Western Conference, but they've been struggling. Their defense hasn't been where it's at. Donovan Mitchell's not not playing efficient basketball. He's scoring the ball well, but he's not been very efficient at all and you know, teams are kind of ready for him. They know what he wants to do. This team struggles to score outside of Donovan Mitchell. You know, Joe English hasn't Joe English hasn't been great, and their bench hasn't been as good as I thought it was going to be. I thought they'd have one of the better benches in the NBA, but their bench has been struggling. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, the Spurs and the the Jazz missed the playoffs. And then, you know, a team like the Grizzlies or the Clippers or the Blazers even, you know, if they can kind of stay in the playoffs. And uh, that would be re- really interesting to see if that's the way it shakes out. So we'll have to see moving forward. But that's the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Evan Woodson. You can find me on Instagram at Talk 49 Feel free to get in touch with me. And thanks for giving this podcast a listen.